This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. As Sharjah is crowned UNICEF's child friendly city of 2019, ensuring that the city is breastfeeding friendly is one of the reasons that the Emirates has received this special honor. Breastfeeding can be one of the most rewarding parts of motherhood with long-term benefits for both mum and baby. Sometimes though, it doesn't come so easy. So today we've brought in the experts, Cecile Descali, lead parent educator, and Janice Aiton, lactation consultant at Malik Mama and Baby Care. You can send in your questions for them right now on 4215, or you can DM us on Insta at Pulse95 Radio. That's all next here on Life Beats on Pulse95. The heart of Shaja. This is Pulse95. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Many global medical experts strongly recommend breastfeeding exclusively, no formula, juice, or water for six months, and breastfeeding for a year at least with other foods which should be started at six months of age, like vegetables, grains, fruits, and proteins. The, the benefits of breastfeeding are huge and have been documented and more and more are being found every day. But making the decision to actually do it is very personal and it isn't always easy. So to take us through it, I'm very pleased to welcome back to the studio Cecile Descali, lead parent educator, and Janice Aiton, lactation consultant at Malik Mama and Baby Care. Welcome to you both. Good morning, Sally. Good morning. So good to have you. Now, um, this is a topic that has uh, really come up for us here in Sharjah because of Sharjah being crowned UNICEF's child-friendly city of 2019. But it's something the Emirate has been working on for a long time. So let's kind of start at why breastfeeding is so important. Well, let's first all say congratulations, Sharjah. Yes, well absolutely. Done. Mabrook, yes. So, um, why is breastfeeding so important? Basically, breastfeeding lays down your health for the rest of your life, literally. And this does not mean that we should make mothers feel guilty when they can't do it. But giving your baby breast milk is the best gift you give them. I would say that breastfeeding nourishes and nurtures mm-hmm. and it feeds the immune system. Yeah. Yeah, we like that word microbiome, don't we? Yes, <laughs> I love the microbiome. Talk to us a bit more about that because, um, you know, this is kind of like a whole other hidden world that is going on. Um, we don't realize, you know, how much there is in that mother's breast milk, you know, to, to the point where... It's interesting because, you know, even uh, Islamically, if you are breastfed by somebody, they be- she becomes your mother, yes. even if you're not related yes. to her. There's a lot going on in that world. So talk yeah. to us about why well, that's important. We give a little bit of ourselves to our babies when we breastfeed because mm. of immunity. Yeah. And the microbiome is all about the gut layer. It's all about that immune system being built with the right building blocks. And when we don't use the right building blocks when we interfere it's like building a building where some is only sand not cemented it breaks down and that then in the future 
influences how the child actually digests, how the child grows. And in fact, it's even been linked to mental development. Wow. Yes. And it's, um, it's very good to think that the colostrum actually would coat the gut. Yes. So that it prevents an in the, the, the earliest infection that the baby could get. That is so interesting. You've just uh, touched on a point there, Janice. Uh, colostrum is, of course, the very first milk. Yes. After the baby is born that, that they drink. Yes, it's, it's very high in immune factors. Yeah. And it's really high in everything. And it's different to the rest of the milk that the baby yes. drinks later yeah. on. And, yeah. and I just want to dispel a myth that when your baby is born, colostrum has been in your breast gest- gestationally appropriate for the age of your pregnancy so it's not that moment of birth when it suddenly appears it is there so if your baby is born at 28 29 30 weeks even though it's preterm you have that right gut layer for your baby of that age and that's again i think for preterm babies something really really important to understand that yes we understand baby and mom are separated for medical reasons but that mother still has the very, very most important nutrient for her child at that moment. And colostrum, by the way, it's very hormonal. Like even if the mother is not deciding to breastfeed, she will still have the colostrum. Yes. And I think a lot of moms, when they choose not to breastfeed, are disappointed in the fact that they then say, well, I didn't want to get milk. But those first 10 days, your body doesn't know you're, not, you're choosing then not to breastfeed your baby. So even if there's a separation with your child due to unfortunate circumstances, you are going to produce milk. Mm. Yep. That and is so interesting. So like for, say, uh, a baby is preterm, uh, born, uh, you know, prematurely. Um, how does that baby, can that baby still benefit from the breast milk? A, th- a thousand all, percent. Yeah. <laughs> all the more. Okay. Yeah. How, how how does that happen? Is it easier? I can't, I can't imagine that it would be easy to breastfeed a, a preterm baby. So some preterm babies really, really do latch on wow. without any assistance. And this is part of what we talk about skin to skin, kangaroo mother care. I had the privilege to work with Nils Bergman a long, long time ago. And he taught me to trust what he calls the habitat, the mother's chest area where the baby sits on her chest. And yes, maybe they are too little to, to attach. Maybe they do need to be intubated. But that mother, even just touching her child, just having the child touch her, that increases the likelihood of her being able to produce a good volume of colostrum mm. and her hand expressing and eventually expressing, giving that to the baby through a tube, through a cup, through a syringe, you know, to make sure we still put the right layer down. And believe it or not, the skin-to-skin contact is actually hormonal. Yes. So it helps the mother produce more. It helps with warmth. It helps in everything. Yeah. And it's not just us saying that. Dr. Nils Bergman has spent a lot of time researching this, what he calls the habitat, about it normalizing blood pressure, pulse rate, temperature, heating a child up, cooling a child down. And then the brain wiring. We watched that lovely video on how when your baby is that close and you look into their eyes, that brain wiring moment that that cements mothers and fathers. It's pretty incredible. That that first moment is... um I'm just remembering back as you as you talk about it. I'm just remembering back to that first moment. And that's pretty miraculous. You know, that moment when you're first holding, able to hold your baby. 
for the first time. So when your little ones were born, especially being in Australia, they would have actually been put on your abdomen and asked to crawl up. Mm. And we talk about the breast crawl. Mm. And Janice, you were saying how many senses are there that are triggered or how many trigger points are activated in that breast crawl? That's 20 primitive reflexes that are being activated when you put your baby in uh, to like to crawl. It's like nature. So when you put your baby in the, the belly of the mother, he would crawl up and breastfeed on her own, on his own. And it's like nature. So it's incredible to think that why humans can actually look for milk without actually helping her to get up and find the breast and look for food. We're just we're hardwired to do that anyway. Yes. It's yes. quite incredible. Yeah. It's just, just like every mammal, a child, a baby will look for its mother mm. and your baby knows you. There's no mistaking thinking that <coughs> I'm your mom or, or, you know, Janice is your mom. Yeah. Your baby, the baby knows, knows. It, yeah. is, it's it can mother. feel you, it's, it can smell you, yeah. smell. You know, it's mm. it's been there, you know, inside of you, it knows you. And and just to keep the dads included, by the way, the babies know their smells as well. <laughs> they know their heartbeat, they know their touch. You say that, it's quite incredible. The second one, my second um, uh, girl, when she was born, he wasn't there. So he met her for the first time two months after, and she went crazy when he came into the room. She knew him. She, is that possible? Two Absolutely. months, two months after she yes. was born. Absolutely, she she knew that that yes. was her dad. And even though two months later, the minute he held her yeah. and he did that look into her eyes, they wired each other. Yeah. Wow! So I'm just getting goosebumps again. <laughs> you know, you get goosebumps the first time. You get goosebumps just thinking about it. It's astonishing. It's it's miraculous. It's fantastic. We are going to keep talking uh, breastfeeding with uh, Cecile and Janice, of course. There are so many benefits. We need to touch on the benefits for the mums as well because there are enormous benefits for the mums when they breastfeed too, not just for the child, but also what happens if it's more difficult than it should be. You know, uh, there can be difficulties. We're going to talk about how to overcome those difficulties next here on Life Beats on Pulse95. You're listening to Pulse95. Pulse95. Live Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. It's a breastfeeding masterclass here in the studio. I've got uh, Cecile Descali and Janice Aiton with me um, answering all kinds of questions about the benefits of breastfeeding. We've talked about the benefits for the baby, but what about for the mum? There are huge benefits for the mum as well to be breastfeeding, right? Yeah, one of the benefits that mothers probably don't even know about that by breastfeeding, you actually protect yourself against cancer. Not really? all sorts of cancers, but breast, uterine, uh, bladder that, that have been linked to higher or better breastfeeding rates have been linked to better outcomes. And it actually decreases the risk of like long term diseases like hypertension, mm. like osteoporosis and like related to the bones. Mm, that is so interesting. I didn't know that. So that is definitely something I didn't know. Yeah. So when the baby feeds, yeah, it because of all the hormonal and um, kind of in, um, implications, it does increase the the mental kind of stability of the mother. Mm. Um, that wonderful prolactin is such a 
a happy hormone actually yeah so and of course oxytocin Yes, yeah. uh, we, we, you know, we can't talk enough about oxytocin. So, we, so Michelle O'Donnell wrote about seventeen books on it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the love hormone, isn't it? The hormone of love and calm. Yeah. And it's it's secreted in your birth, but it's secreted a lot afterwards in your breastfeeding as well. That's why it just, I don't know. For me, breastfeeding was just so calming. You know, I I don't know. I personally, I love doing it. Yes. Maybe because of that reason. And, at night, because prolactin is secreted in higher uh, amounts at night, you actually sleep better. So although you wake up to feed your baby and you think, oh, I'm never going to get back to sleep now. But because you've got prolactin increased, you actually go back to sleep. That is interesting. So, okay, so it helps you. It kind of balances out the whole thing. Because as we know, when you have a new baby, you are likely not to sleep. Yes, and I think that's because we possibly have to prepare mothers better for how breastfeeding actually works. Your baby doesn't take large volumes of milk in one go and last three, four, five hours. Mm. Your baby takes small volumes of milk, digests it really quickly, and then basically wakes up again to feed. So, no, you're not going to get a full night's sleep in the first six weeks. In the first six weeks. No, you're going to feed roughly every two hours, it's if what they not less. The dream feed, right? So the dream feed is one something you establish. Okay. Something that when you get to about six weeks, you can then start to put the dream feed in place. And even some babies will be eight weeks before the dream feed's fully established. And it, in boys, sometimes it doesn't work for till three months. Okay. All right, so before that, you were saying at night it's like every two hours? Could be every two hours. Yes, that's what happened to me. (laughs) Yes, and that's why I'm not a proponent of co-sleeping, but putting your baby in a co-sleeper next to your bed, I think is really worth its while because that means that the breastfeeding mother doesn't have to get out of bed at night. Mm. She can simply lift baby into her bed and feed. Janice, your advice on this? Cecile is the best person to to talk to about feeding and sleep, but I would just like to to say about, um, you said the six weeks, it's because um, in the first four to six weeks, it's when the body's, the mom's body is calibrating to how much the baby needs. Mm, So uh, it's basically supply and demand. So the more the baby nurses, (coughs) the more the mother is producing. Because this is the interesting thing. Um, you kind of get into that whole breastfeeding thing where you kind of think to yourself, I'm not sure <coughs> if I'm doing enough. I'm not sure if I'm doing too much. Um, you know, so how how do you know if you're breastfeeding enough? It's very difficult to tell. Okay. Because I would say the baby is your boss. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> 100%. But if they're passing good urine, they're passing good stool, and they're gaining weight, then they're breastfeeding enough. And also, looking at time, when they said <coughs> breastfeed for 15 to 10, or like 15 to 20 minutes, it's not always the same in every mom. Mm. So if we are fixed into saying, oh, they told me 15 to 20 minutes, it's not always the same in, in couplets, like okay. for moms and babes. But there are babies who often feed 10 minutes and they're fine. And they're yes. done. They're done. Yeah. And they feed longer and not yet done. Okay. Yeah. So it's really case to case. Yeah, you can't, you can't limit a baby at the, at the breast. We give some guidelines, but you've got to learn to know your baby and how your baby feeds. And I don't know, Janice, you'd agree with me that a lot of that does depend on how well you eat. Yes, exactly. How well the mom eats. 
Oh, tell us more about yeah. that. What should mums be eating to help breastfeeding? What should they avoid? How does that, that all work? They should eat everything, but they should eat frequently. Okay. So I talk about the rule of threes. And this is three main meals, three small meals, three snacks, and three liters of water a day. And that's over and above any other drinks. So I will tell moms, before you even get out of bed, have a snack. And a snack is not a cookie. A snack is not a packet of chips. A snack is something healthy like a piece of fruit, a yogurt, you know, a cheesy toast. You've still got to eat well, even though you're eating a lot and eating frequently. You don't need to eat eat the volume but you need to eat frequently. So snack before you get out of bed, breakfast, small meal. The difference between a small meal and a main meal, the small meal is half of what you'd normally eat. Okay. Half a sandwich, a cup of soup, a yogurt and fruit. And then lunch, small meal, dinner, snack. And I always learned this from Cecile from the very first time I, I joined her class. It's like what you put here comes out here yeah <laughs> you're a milk factory <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's right yeah that's and right. if you don't feed yourself that's your raw product door what's can, coming out the product doors it can be really difficult because you know that's a really um vulnerable time for mm-hmm. a lot of moms where you're thinking to yourself oh my gosh i've gained so much weight in in pregnancy and you're worried about getting the weight off there can be pressures coming from you know a lot of different yes. angles and and about getting back to your pre-baby weight uh, and it can be different. The thing is, the thing that I, I think we have to emphasize here is that it can be different between one child and the next. You know, the same mum w- with, with, you know, more than one child can have a completely different experience of what that's mm. like. And I think moms put more pressure on themselves than anybody else. Mm. And I think today as well with people needing to go back to work. Yeah. If you don't look presentable, you know, your job is in jeopardy. So mothers are conscious of the fact that they do need to lose weight. And when we're saying now you need to eat like nine little meals a day, that's yeah. like, oh, my gosh, I don't think I can. Yeah, I can I can see a lot of mums freaking out and going, mm. really? Yeah. But when you do it, you will find that your baby feeds so much better. Mm. Your baby is more satiated. You have that little bit of time. And we're not saying you're going to get two or three hours, but you'll have that little bit more time for yourself. Mm. Yeah, when we say good diet, we also include like a full fat and full cream yes. diet. But some moms says that it's more on what they eat, right? So it's the choice of what they eat. Okay. Hmm. So they're they're eating small bits of bits, but they get this, you know, the weight. But because they're eating not the good ones. Right. So the proper choice of food is also we have to uh, take uh, into consideration. Whole foods we're talking about here. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Why do you say no low-fat products? Because low-fat products, first of all, are full of sugar. Yeah. To be low-fat, to keep the taste. And we need the fat for the baby to become satiated, to grow properly. So when we look at a mother's breast milk, when she's maybe expressing because she's needing to top up because she's needing to go back to work. So she started to express or she's decided to establish that dream feed, which we abbreviate to the letters DF and this becomes the daddy feed. Um, we look then at the, at the fat content in her milk because the better the fat content in the milk, the more saturated that baby's going to be from that feed. Mm. All and, really good advice, yeah. And believe it or not, I checked, I personally checked on our clients to like, please check your milk on the fridge. If there is a coating of 
like a fatty milk that's on top of it. And you could really see the difference of those eating fatty foods and to those who are not. And it's important to have that fat layer. Yeah. It's like, you know, the, the, the full cream, the proper milk mm. that you used to get when you were little. You know, it, it has to have that layer of fat on top. That's how you know all of the goodness is there, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is today it's so easy to pick up something to eat. We don't look at what we're actually eating. Mm. So preparing your food at home, we know it's hard to do. But plan ahead. Yeah, Make plan sure ahead, be organized. And, and I think that's what we were talking about earlier on. Yeah. You know, that in your pregnancy, you need to actually start to plan ahead. Mm. Plan your support people, plan your meals. You know, cook, cook something in your pregnancy to put in the freezer for those odd days when you are not getting to cooking yourself mm, mm, mm. so that you can make sure that your nutrients are, are available 24 hours a day. So important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, make use of any of the help that you have around you. Hopefully you've got family, friends, even a helper at home, somebody uh, who can uh, do that for you and with you because yeah. it can just be, you know, a really full on time. We're going to uh, come back next uh, and talk to Cecile and Janice uh, all about uh, what kind of issues they see with moms who have difficulty with breastfeeding, the options that are out there, how to get support. Lots more to come. You're listening to Pulse 95. Live Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Welcome back to the discussion with Cecile and Janice this morning. Ladies, I want to um, ask you about the kind of issues that you see with the mothers who come to your service. What are the biggest issues that women face when they're breastfeeding? I think the most common one must be sore cracked nipples. Oh, yes. And and that is purely down to attachment, although not always it's not always what the mother's doing incorrectly or um, it's not always the baby that can't latch. Sometimes mm. there are actual anatomical issues that we, I don't really think we want to get into the, the tongue ties and things like that today. But it is something that if you've seen somebody who's assisted you with, lact- with uh, attaching your baby and you're not getting it right Mm. then I think it's worthwhile to see somebody who knows about the anatomical side of that but purely attachment issues would be the most common yes exactly in um, in the first few days it's purely latch position and um, like also they're so tense to to hold their tiny babies yeah, it's it's really hard. You think, oh my gosh, am I going to hurt the baby? You know, am I holding it right? There's a billion things that are going through your mind. You're like, I need to keep keep this baby alive. You know, um, I don't want to screw this up. There's a lot that's going on uh, in a new mum's mind. Or, uh, yeah, exactly. How am I holding the baby? What kind of preparation do you think mums need? before the baby is born to help them through that process? I always suggest a good prenatal session. Okay. Talking with somebody who can teach you about what to expect in breastfeeding, who can not teach you positioning, because it's difficult to teach you with a doll, but to teach you a little bit about what to expect, how to hold a baby, getting the right cushion, and making sure that you set up your home where you can be comfortable. Mm. And it doesn't mean you have to go out and spend a lot of money. It means you go home and you look around your house, you choose a chair that's quite nice, wide and generous, got some good arm support. Look for pillows that you've maybe got even in your home, you don't have to go out and buy special pillows. 
and make sure that they're all readily available when you get home. And not only that, we need support of their partners. Absolutely, dads are really, really important. I do get asked, should my husband come to this class? Yes, please. Definitely, yes. Because if dad knows what you're going to go through, then he can actually really help you. And sometimes it's the dads that we teach in a a prenatal, postnatal session how to hand the baby over to the mom. Exactly. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, what are dads learning in these sessions? Because they can often be dragged kicking and screaming to, you know, a a prenatal session. Offer good food and then they'll come. (laughs) (laughs) Just bring pizza. Yeah. You know, but no, you're right, Sally. They often don't want to come. They do ask their wives, what's the benefit of me being here? Right. But the truth of it is they're learning about what to expect that you're going to go through as well. Because if they understand that feeds are one to two to three hourly in the beginning, then they're not going to feel worried. And and a lot of times it's the dad just wanting to really support mom to be able to say to her, honey, you're doing a good job. But you know, he doesn't know if you are because maybe you're not doing the right thing. So if he's understood how often a baby feeds, what the baby needs position wise, that helps mom. Mm. And actually for being just there to support the mom is already a big help. Yes. Oh, it's massive. It's massive. When If you have your partner there with you, they can see what you're going through, mm. what you're about to go through. You know, the, it can kind of, um, because sometimes you can have that resentment kind of building up between partners. You know, once the baby is born, they're like, okay, so, you know, really? Is the baby taking up all of this time? And, and, and they kind of look at you like, you know, what what... What is this? And there's the, the resentment actually goes both ways. Right. You've gone back to work as the husband and the mother's like, I never get a break. Whereas also the husband's like, well, I never get attention. So it, it, breastfeeding can be so, so wonderful if both parents understand it and are supportive of it. And breastfeeding is much more successful when a husband is supportive of it. Mm. So, it can be a way to bring yeah. the, the partners together. So, and, and I know this sounds really horrible for the poor dads. What else can they do? You can change the diapers, <laughs> especially in the middle of the night. You can bring the baby to mom in bed, snuggle them both up to feed, and then you can go back to sleep guilt-free. And offer some food. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, make a cup of tea, <laughs> bring some part. water. So it so all counts. Absolutely, it's the, all really big. This this is part of getting attachment right, getting the environment right, getting the baby in the right position, and remembering that babies today with modern obstetrics with births, there may be a little bit of neck tension. Yeah. So so maybe you can't feed in the same position on both sides, trying different positions, and when you're a tired mummy. Often it's the dad that can suggest those changes and helps position that baby a bit better. See, I like that because, um, you know, th- th- sometimes dads want to, to help out, and they but they don't really know what to do. So if they, they're with you, you know, at classes like this, then they can support in the best way possible as well. Yes. And then the actual attachment, getting the baby on the breast, Positioning that nipple in the mouth properly is Mm. very, very important. Mm. Not accepting pain. However, I think we do have to say there's a fine line between pain and discomfort. If you imagine none of us have breastfed a baby before, putting a baby on the breast for the first time, that sucking can be really intense. 
we, we don't expect this little baby, which seems so fragile, to have almost like a vacuum effect. And, and it, can be, yeah, it can be for a first-time mom a little bit alarming that first moment. Yeah, yeah. And she doesn't know whether is this pain or is this just a natural sensation. Mm-mm-mm. We've actually um, we've gotten a, a text from uh, Kellyanne. She's saying, um, well, uh, I formula-fed uh, my babies and they turned out fine. Um, uh, she said, isn't there too much emphasis on breastfeeding? Because it might not be for every mum. And, and Kenyan, you've absolutely got a, right, a point there that we we do put a lot of pressure on you girls to breastfeed because of the benefits. However, a baby that is formula fed because there's a good reason behind it, because it's a mother's choice, which is also a good reason, by the way, mm. um, is still going to be healthy because we do we learn a lot about breastfeeding from formula companies because they do the research. So the companies are doing their the very best to actually make sure that what we are giving our babies when we need that other option is really healthy. What is the difference? Like, what is the difference between formula feeding your baby and breastfeeding? Um, <laughs> I feel guilty when I say this. Breast milk is produced for your baby at that moment. Literally, right. your baby is telling your breast what to give it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas a formula is a standard recipe for all babies. It's just generic. It's one size fits all. Mm-mm-mm. It so, doesn't give your baby exactly what it needs no. from yeah or, from the source. Although in saying that, your baby will still be nutritionally healthy. Yeah, yeah. We're not criticizing formula. We're not criticizing moms who choose or need to formula feed. We are very glad that we have this as a backup when breastfeeding does not work. Yeah, because, it, you know, this can be important sometimes um, if it doesn't work for a mom, um, for her to be able to maybe... T- take the two options to be able to sometimes formula feed sometimes try breastfeeding as well can that be kind of harmful or is that a good idea no it's not harmful actually this just this morning when we when we parked here i had a message from a client and i said to janice in the car i said janice i'm gonna have to start formula on this mom and she said do you really have to and i said yeah i think so and it, it, it really is hard to make that deci- help that mother make that decision. We certainly don't make the decision for the mother. Um, sometimes the baby makes a decision for us as well, as in both ways, either yes or no. Yeah. Um, what kind of a situation can, can that look like? Poor weight gain. Okay. Um, a baby that's not um, eating well enough to pass good stool because that affects their brain development. However, we <clears throat> wanted to always encourage to empower mothers to, mm. to, to breastfeed. Mm. But if these situations come this, like Cecile's mentioning, then we have also to support the mom and the family because it's it's for the good of their little one. Of course, yeah. Because yeah. at the end of the day, the mom needs to be happy, the baby needs to be happy. And it, your baby it's not needs about kind of religiously following, you know, breastfeeding and you've got to do it for six months exclusively before, you know, you introduce anything else. And because some mm. people can can make you feel incredibly guilty about it. Yeah. And, and it can affect the mental health of the mom. Uh, yeah. As well as the actual development of your baby. Yes. So we have a responsibility to supporting breastfeeding, but we equally have that responsibility to the good health of the parents and the baby. And we have to know when that line 
is drawn to be able to advise a mother properly. Mm-mm-mm. So pre- you were talking about prenatal classes. That is really important. Um, what about afterwards, c- getting support afterwards? Do you um, uh, suggest uh, for yourself, maybe someone like you, Janice, going in if if a mother needs support or what are the kinds of support that a mom can get? Well, there are a lot of supports that are available mm. for moms. Yeah. So we have breastfeeding support groups wherein you could get ideas and like experiences of other moms but that is very limited because their experience is different from yours yes so if Mm. they feel that they need an expert help Mm. then they have to come to us because we will assess properly and like have a look on the background on where to go forward because if we rely on what others are telling us mm. is like it's not one fit uh, one size fits all because it's really different in every situation and in every couple that is so important um to have that help that is tailored to you and to your situation and to your child because like we <laughs> yeah. said it could be completely different between children um you know my first one she breastfed from the first minute she latched on it was perfect it was amazing she just did it I didn't know like anything about it she just did it Um, and she constantly breastfed the second one however um, she didn't breastfeed as much and therefore she was sleeping more and then she developed jaundice because of that which meant she had to go under ultraviolet light and I had to go back into hospital for a couple of days and uh, I had to have midwives around the clock with me you know helping me with breastfeeding so it really just depends you know, and that was the second one. They were all like, is this your first child? And I'm like, no, actually, I've done this before. However, this is just, it's like a whole new experience. Yeah. And all the hospitals trying to support breastfeeding. They do have lactation consultants. Mm. The midwives themselves are trained in breastfeeding. And then, of course, you've got your support outside. Now, Dubai is still, well, the UAE is still in its infancy with basically this support. It's growing. It's better than when I came here in 1997. Yes. But it's still not where it needs to be, you know, different like places like Australia. You just have so much available to you and it's literally told to you all the time it's available. Yeah, we often find women who come and see us weeks later saying, I didn't know you existed. So we need to be getting the message out that there is support in the Emirates. Mm. We've got lactation consultants in the hospital. We're not against each other we're not the hospital fighting against us or that we fighting against them we are colleagues we work together we're working to the greater good of mothers being supported whether they choose to breastfeed or bottle feed and speaking of that support we're going to come back uh, in just mo- just a moment uh, talk a bit more about uh, what Sharjah is doing why they have just been crowned UNICEF's child friendly city of 2019 the kind of impact that policies like that that are implemented in uh, cities like Sharjah what kind of an impact they can have on mums being able to breastfeed and enjoy that time and uh, use it to its full effect and how do you do it when you're going back to work. There's a lot more (laughs) coming up here. Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. It's Pulse 95. Live Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. All right, so here's a question for you. What happens when you go back to work? What uh, what do we do in that situation, Cecile Kelly? Well, we start to express 
We encourage mums to express as if they were feeding at work. We're moving into pumping now. Yes. Slowly but surely, yeah. Yes, <laughs> and and sometimes mums are very successful at this and other times mums are not, purely because of the hormonal levels or sometimes because of their environment that they're in that is not conducive to sitting and pumping at work. It is so interesting because I've had... Um, Pumping never worked for me personally because uh, my first baby, she just never wanted to feed off a bottle. That was a thing. And and I just found it difficult and just such a pain. I just went, forget it. But then I had, uh, you know, I've had over the years, you know, many colleagues where they would literally be sitting at their office desk and pumping and you'd hear the pump going (laughs) and it was totally fine for them and they could do it and it was just looked really easy. Yeah. But it's not for everyone. No, and it doesn't mean that the pump's not working. It's sometimes just that you psychologically shut down as well. And mm. like you said, your first one wouldn't take a bottle. So sometimes you can successfully pump, but your baby says, nope, not doing this for you. Mm. And, and, and sometimes um, pumping wouldn't give us a very good oxytocin levels. And uh, the effect of that hormone is that your, your body is just responding to saying, this is not a baby. Why am I producing this milk? Right. So it's like even if you try the single pump in the market, it's not really going to work because it's like, yeah, it's nature. Like your, your body is shutting down yeah. and saying, you're not a cow. Get off of me. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and and a lot of times when moms pump, they pumping because they think they can then check how much milk they're getting. But actually... It's only about a third of what the baby would get out with the hormonal interaction. Mm. So, but what do you do when your baby won't take a bottle and you're back at work? Yeah, what do you do? Some I, I I tried recommending using sippy cups and uh, even for your tiny babies, you can actually feed from a medicine cup and then try try to feed that to the baby or even like not the the ones with teats, but just an open cup. Just do. an open cup. Yeah. For even for how how old are we talking? How how old a baby get we talking? Days about? old. Huh? Days really? old. Babies yeah. can. I have. You can actually browse in a lot of videos in YouTube. But doing it yourself, it's pretty easy. And it looks so sweet. <laughs> yes. It's like you are. I wouldn't it's have thought so of lovely. that. I'd be worried that they suddenly, you know, drink too much. And You've got to be careful not to tip too much volume into their mouths. But when you put the cup on their lower lip, they literally bring their little tongue over like they would if they were going to breastfeed and they lap the milk in. Amazing. That's, so, that's incredible. So yeah. that's why you're suggesting the medicine cups because they're so tiny to begin yeah. with. Mm. And you can't, you know, go overboard really with that. And just to do it just mm. slowly. Yeah. But the, the spills of it, like spilling breast milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throw away your gold jewelry rather that than, than spill it. <laughs> so I think also we also have to reassure parents about that volume going in. If your baby did get a little bit too much, they've got a very strong gag reflex. Mm. So babies, unlike adults who would then breathe it in and, and try to swallow it and choke, Babies actually will simply spit it back at you. Really? Which is what you're saying with the spillage often. Okay. Yeah. They they do. They they seem to be choking, but they won't. They'll actually just throw okay. it back at us. All right. So don't be don't be too afraid. No. It, it's so. it's something, you know, that you can approach, that you can do it. That's really important. So, um so you know, in terms of um uh, we, we were talking a lot about uh, Sharjah. It's uh, it has won the UNICEF Child Friendly City Award, and one of the reasons that it actually um, won this honor is because breastfeeding has been a real focus 
for the Emirate, and and it's something that they have, you know, really worked on. Workplaces here in the Emirate are very much breastfeeding friendly. Um, they have actually uh, succeeded in raising breastfeeding rates to 57%, exceeding the World Health Organization's global target of 50% by 2025. So they've worked with mothers here in Sharjah um, to develop a three-month paid maternity leave along with 30 days of annual leave as well. This is huge. Sharjah's been a very, very active city and we've been privileged to be associated alongside them with with some of their meetings, etc. But they've got a supported leader, they've got a committed um, society of women here who are promoting and supporting women with breastfeeding. Mm. You know, some of the ladies that, that work out here in Sharjah um, work for very little compensation. They work tirelessly. They, they truly are amazing. They, they are what people like myself and Janice would say are icons. Amazing. They, they have really, really supported women and promoted this child-friendly initiative. And there is also an increase in the desire to help raise the awareness. So like, for example, on the lactation field, I have few colleagues who went to Dubai and have the the certification and um, they're all from, from Sharjah or they work in a clinic in Sharjah. So the, the awareness of the healthcare professionals to be into breastfeeding is also rising. Yeah. So it also helped in in everything so um, I heard of I'm not really surprised why Sharjah got this one because I love can I say Mm -hmm. Dr. Evelyn Roof is one of our mentors in our lactation course and I love her so much Mm. and that she talks about breastfeeding and how Sharjah is working on to to increase the rates. She's from here, yeah. Yes. yes. She's, she's from Sharjah. She, she is Sharjah-based yeah. and she has been a huge support in achieving this, um, not only her, um, you know, there's so many names yeah. that we could add to right. them. But um, it's just the, the whole committee, the whole, whole society mm. here, like you're saying, mm. The healthcare professionals who maybe previously weren't trained have taken the time to do it. Mm. And that's a huge well done to those people for supporting this. And it's not only the initiation of the breastfeeding, but extending. Yes. And it's because of the additional like uh, leaves. Yes. Like the 30 Exactly. Day Getting 30 days leave. Three yeah. months maternity massive. leave. Massive. Yeah. I think we also need to clarify that 50% that World Health Organization, UNICEF are talking about is exclusive breastfeeding to six months. So what Sharjah has achieved is 57% of exclusive breastfeeding till six months. Mm. And that's, that's the minimum that is, that is recommended, isn't that it? That is the recommendation. Yeah. Mm. So they are above and beyond what is the world standard. It, it's you know it's it's amazing to see that that has been achieved, um, but what do you ladies think that uh, employers can do to help women to be able to breastfeed more and to breastfeed better? Well, I don't think we should wait on government to say this is our uh, maternity leave. Mm. I think as employers we can take a stand and say mothers deserve to have three months. We don't have to wait for the government to make it a law. Plus, when the mother does come back, providing her with that privacy to go and pump, providing her with flexible, shortened hours, um, nursery schools or creches in the office buildings, 
you know, big buildings could actually allocate a space where they encourage a nursery school to be and employers could say if you put your child in that school not only do you maybe get a discount for putting your child in there but we're going to support you going down to feed your child at that time when they need it we're not going to say oh why aren't you at your desk it's such a great idea and it just reduces that guilt that you feel as a new mother because sometimes you need to go back to work. Sometimes you want to go back to work. You you, you know, that's important to you as well. Absolutely. But how do you have the balance? You know, that's important. I think we should also just say that, you know, by promoting breastfeeding, and again, we're not criticizing the mom who's choosing to bottle feed. Mm. We're not criticizing the mom who chooses to leave her child at home instead of put them into a school like that or something. But we're also promoting the health of the nation, the society, because that means that there's less diseases, less time of work. That's going to promote our economy. So important. There's so many benefits to it. Uh, we've unfortunately <laughs> run out of time. Janice, has been uh, an absolute pleasure having you in the studio. Thank Cecile, so always great to have you. Thank you both so Thank much. Thank you for having us. This is one uh, for a lot of mums and dads to download and listen to over and over again. More to come in the next hour here on Life Beats on Pulse95 where one 17-year-old has uh, the advice as a lot of uh, young people go into their exam period in Australia. Getting bad exam marks could be the best thing that's ever happened to you. We're going to tell you why next. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 10am.